stay there. You know what? I believe that every single person on this planet can make a difference. And I believe that we all have something to offer, something that's so unique that it will change somebody else's life. I believe we all deserve to step into our true selves. And I believe that every single person needs to feel great about themselves. I want you to step into who you truly are and I want you to make a difference for somebody else and for yourself. And I don't think it's that hard. It's a matter of putting one step in front of the other and just taking action. And I'm interviewing guests that have done just that. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where you can make that decision to make your life count. It all starts with you saying yes. Howdy, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. I tell you what, I love every single episode. I just absolutely love that I get to speak to so many incredible people all around the world, all sharing their journeys from their heart, and that really matters to me. I absolutely love it. Today, we are going to be trotting all around the world, and we're going to be talking about basketball. And if you haven't figured that out, I'm speaking to a, well, an ex-Harlem Globetrotter, Herb Flight Time Lang. I tell you what, this guy has got one hell of a story, and I absolutely love him because he's just completely focused on kindness, and those words just make my heart sing. He just speaks to my soul. You know, he started off... um, you know, from humble beginnings in uh, Brinkley in Arkansas, and he, he eventually worked his way to the Harlem Globetrotters. I'm not going to spoil the story. Uh, he's done TED Talks. He's just written a book. He's been on TV shows. He just shines wherever he goes. And I absolutely love him, and you are going to love him too. So I'm not going to spoil his story. I'm just going to get straight into it and let you enjoy it. Welcome, Herb. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Happy to be connected down under for once. It's been a while. I know. It's fantastic. I'm so happy to have you because I, you, you not only not only you're a world-famous globetrotter and you're just fantastic where you were, but you're just doing so many other fantastic things, you know. And I just, the thing that really, really attracts me to you is your kindness. Like, it's just, you're so focused on kindness and I absolutely adore you for that. Well, thank you. I mean, it's something that that for me, I think that it was instilled in me through, you know, my grandparents growing up, just uh, the way that they were around the community, the way that they looked out for people. And for me, it's something that I took on at a very young age. And as far as the way that my life has been able to develop, a lot of the major things that have happened for me Mm. are because of the kindness of other people. So it's only right that, you know, with my journey all around the world and the places I've been to that I've come back and spread it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us about your um. Tell us about the the herb as a young boy. You're talking about your grandmother. Like what 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 was your childhood like? Oh man, well my childhood it was. I mean it was fun. It was it wasn't easy. My mom had me at the age of seventeen, and by the time she was twenty five years old, she had six of us. Wow. And uh, we grew up in in a small town in Arkansas, and up until I was about I think it was ten years old, we lived in the the housing projects or the poor part. Um, of the town I mean we it was almost impossible with a you know with a single mom so to speak with with six kids but luckily for myself and my siblings we were surrounded by a lot of uh, friends and family you know my mom along with having me at the age of 17 she also had 
uh, 12 other brothers and sisters that were around uh, to help raise us as well. So, I mean, it was it was a little bit chaotic, but for me, I wouldn't trade anything with the way that I grew up uh, for nothing. I mean, just the people that I was surrounded with, the people that were able to encourage me and, you know, make sure that I stayed on the right track, because a lot of people from where I grew up uh, didn't stay on the right track. And a lot of them ended up getting in trouble. And, you know, if you go back to my hometown now, you'll still see a lot of them not really haven't advanced anywhere in the past, you know, 25 years or so. So, you know, it's it's been a blessing and for me to be able to travel all around the world and represent those people of my hometown is really something that I take pride in as well, as well as spreading kindness. Oh, I absolutely love it. But not everybody makes the most of their, <laughs> their upbringing, do they? Do you know, like it's, um, I think we've got a choice. We've always got that, we've always got that choice to say, well, I'm a victim of my circumstances or you know, I'm in charge of my life and I can choose to go in whatever direction I want to go in. So, I mean, we don't all get to choose exact, the exact path, but we can choose to have the rough road or we can choose to say, no, I, want, I want something better for myself. So, you know, not everyone yeah, takes yeah, that. It's a matter of, it's, yeah, it's a matter of who you choose to choose to be and who you choose to surround yourself with as well because you are, uh, you know, a product of your, of your environment as well. And for myself, at a very young age, it was probably, I'd say, 12 years old um, that I figured that, hey, I knew I needed something, you know, needs to do some things different than what some of my uncles and aunts and yeah. uh, other people did before in order for me to get to where I wanted to go. And so that's why it was important for me to hyper focus in on uh, sport, which was basketball eventually, as well as my grades, which, you know, and, and going to high school here in the United States, I was able to not only be a pretty good basketball player, but also be elected uh class president and you know national honor society and making good grades because i wanted to make sure that i was prepared uh to be able to go to college even if i didn't have you know the athletic ability to get a scholarship and not have to pay for college which fortunately for me it was it would have worked out either way if it was not for basketball i still would have had an opportunity to go to school Mm, yeah did you um do you think that you deliberately made that choice at 12 do you know did like because that's a young age to be really consciously going mm, look around me you know I, I need to do something different or do you like was there somebody in your life that inspired you that made you think I want to be like him or her you know I, I I can see my path out of here if I be like this person and and you must have been reading my mind because one of the things about where I grew up at, it wasn't until 12 years old that you could even get into organized sports. So it was the first time that I was able to play like organized uh, American football, organized basketball. And at that point, when I got to seventh grade or 12 years old is when I met my high school basketball coach. And my high school basketball coach was the person who probably had the biggest influence on my my life besides my, you know, my, my parents, mm. um, you know, from the age of 12, he had a son that was in the same grade and the same age as myself. And we just kind of uh, navigated to each other. And, uh, you know, some of the things that he shared with me over the course of that, you know, seven through 12th grade, those five, six years, being able to go up and down the, the highways with him, playing basketball tournaments, uh, understand, you know, he was married. He had a, a wife, you know, my, my best friend and my high school coach. It was a what you call a complete family. And I came from a single parent home. So I was able to be around them enough to realize that, Hey, this is, this is probably the path that I want to go on, go down. And then he was a, he was a basketball coach. He was a physical education teacher. And, you know, he had been coaching for a long time. And he told me that, 
you know, over the course of his his coaching days, there had been many a great athlete to come through, but not it's not all of them were able to go to that next level because for one, they simply were not coachable, and then they just decided they didn't want to make the grades. So mm-hmm. um, for myself, I was I was focused on locking in and and you know just just being surrounded by by even then young people. There was about five or six of us who we not only competed in sports, we also competed in the classroom and see who make the best grades. So I think that was something that definitely, definitely led me down in the right direction. And again, my high school basketball coach, along with a lot of other people around my community, friends and family were people who supported me. And, and I know that these people today are the same people who are proud, you know, to to see some of the things that I've been able to accomplish. And they, you know, get to live vicariously through me and my travels and the things I've been able to do, uh, you know, post high school. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you, did you, when you realize you got this coach and he's really good and he's, you know, inspiring you and you're sort of going, oh, yeah, I can see myself living a better life, like a better life. You know, maybe, maybe oh, I've got a good job. I get through college. I, I become a, I don't know, a lawyer or a doctor. Or I become something that's going to give me a steady income. Did you ever right. imagine or dream that you would be an elite? basketball player like was that ever in your imagination or your dreams well I always dreamed to be a professional athlete growing up playing you know again American football and basketball but there was a situation that happened in the eighth grade we were taking a class where we were all required to take a class called career orientation and this was back in the late 80s early 90s computers were they were out but they weren't what they were these days so they were like boxes yeah. Boxes of these different pamphlets where you can look in, and try to figure out what career that you, you know, you wanted to choose. And I just remember um, her passing the box around and, you know, it's kind of looking through it. And then kind of at the end, she would go around and say, all right, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I remember just getting almost nervous when she was coming around to me because what I wanted to be, I didn't really I hadn't found it yet within that box. And so I ended up telling her. When it came to my time, I said, I want to be a professional athlete. And I just remember her telling me that she suggested that I get back in that box and start looking for another career path because I had a better chance of winning the lottery. But <laughs> oh. at the same time, I at the same time, I understood why, you know, wh- why she told uh, told me that. Mm. But but again, you know, it was it was my high school basketball coach telling me that I could. And one of the good things about her, you know, kind of reinforcing that to a certain extent is that it made me focus in a little bit more on my grades. Because back then I was small. I mean, you would understand why she was laughing at me if you knew how small I was in, in seventh grade. I was like five feet tall. I was the guy. <laughs> if you look at if you looked at that, if you looked at that basketball picture from, you know, seventh through ninth grade, you see the smallest guy right there. And you're like, guess which one went pro? Yeah, that that was me. <laughs> <laughs> That was me, that guy that ended up having having that growth spurt and, you know, ended up earning a basketball scholarship. But, yeah, for me, to become a globetrotter was more than a dream come true. You know, I always used to have dreams of playing in front of large audiences. And I often tell people I, I never really knew what uniform I had on. And obviously, it must have been the Harlem Globetrotters uniform. And it was meant to be, taking me to almost 90 countries around the world, several trips you know, down under and spreading kindness, joy, and goodwill all around the world. So it's been a more than a dream come true becoming a, a professional athlete. Oh, that's fantastic. So I'm only five foot. So do you think there's hope for me? Or, or... <laughs> okay. well, well, hey, the, 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 there was a guy that I played with and we're still really good friends. His name is Jonte Hall. We used to call him, well, we still call him too tall at five foot two. 
and the and the reason why we call him well, one of the reasons why we called him too tall is because when he signed with the team, we also signed another guy named Paul Sturgis. He's from Britain. He's the tallest living British man. He's still, uh, you know, doing his thing. He actually has a um, a role in the uh, the new Lord of the Rings coming up. Yeah. He was down in Australia filming all through COVID and during those times. So he's the tallest living Brit, and we called him Tiny, and we called the five foot two guy too tall. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I think I'm a little too old to be nimble enough to be playing for the Globetrotters. But anyway, you know, I'm going to keep dreaming this. <laughs> Hey, and 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 there's uh, female players. You know, female females play with the Globe Charters as well. To let those young ladies know that, hey, just because the guys are out there doing it, don't mean you can't do it with them. It's equal rights, baby. Oh, that's fantastic! I didn't realize there were female ones as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that, that's fantastic. The the, uh, the Globe Charters were the first uh, team to actually allow women to play with with men on a professional level. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. amazing! Well, how, how old were you when you joined the Globetrotters? Um, well, I, when I graduated college, um, I ended up going back to finish my degree because I didn't have any opportunities to go as far as NBA. They had a lockout that year, but I was twenty-one years old when I graduated from college. Um, after I graduated, I worked as a personal trainer for about ten months before getting the opportunity to go to, to the training camp for the Globetrotters back in nineteen ninety-nine. And hey, that turned into eighteen years of world traveling and joy spreading and being the ambassador of goodwill. <laughs> uh, did, did, did they invite you or did you have to apply for that? Well, the way that it happened, Karen, is that so when I graduated from college, um, again, I was working this job as a personal trainer. I wasn't making very much money, but I was getting I was getting pretty buff. <laughs> yeah. I was getting some weight up and my college, uh, my college good friend. And eventually he was my roommate after graduation. He went to a Globe Charter game while I was at work one night. And I just remember when I got home from work, he was super excited to uh, show me this program that he got and to tell me that he had gone to the Globe Charters game and it was at our college campus. And he showed me this pamphlet and he said, man, I, I, I went to the game and I got the 800 number. I talked to one of the coaches and I think that you could become a Globe Charter. And I remember kind of blowing it off, uh, you know, kind of look through it and push it off to the side. And, you know, he was just saying, you know, I think that you could do all the things that they can do and the things that you can't do right now, you can learn to do yeah. them. And about two weeks later, I came home from work after a tough day <laughs> and I asked him, I said, hey, man, where's that program at? I think I'm going to call the 800 number in that book. And I ended up calling that 800 number and, you know, the rest is history. They told me they would put me down for their training camp uh, based on, you know, what they knew about me and some video uh, and other things that I had sent to them. So it was it was the belief that someone else had in me. Again, the kindness that I'm talking about, kind enough to think almost even more of myself, you know, than I thought because I never even imagined playing for the Globe Charters. And he put that that vision, that possibility uh, in my mind, and I'm forever grateful for him. I just had a chance to see him uh, two days ago over in Austin, Texas, and I had a chance to introduce him as I spoke in front of a, a group of high school freshmen for their orientation, getting them prepared for high school. He was able to be there and I was able to give them an example of the important, the importance of connection. Uh, my friend is a five foot seven little Asian former soccer player, you know, <laughs> who the, went up to the Globe Charters coach and said, what do I have to do to be a Globe Charter? Uh, oh, but not for me, but for my friend. <laughs> so I just wanted to let them know, you know, and I let people know that it's, it's about connection. It's about, you know, how you treat people. It's that old Ma Maya Angelou saying people remember how you make them feel, you know, yeah. and I. 
apparently made my friend feel uh, great enough to where he trusted that I could go out there and become a globetrotter and look what it turned into. I feel like now, because of the impact and the belief that he had he, that he had in me, I'm definitely making a big difference in the world. And so is he in turn. Yeah, absolutely. I'm 100% with that. Relationships are everything. They just, it's, I don't care what, it, nothing is the same as a relationship. So build as many as you can, but make sure they're genuine and deep and really meaningful. And I, I just, you know, you can't go wrong. And it's not, it's not to, to have a relationship with somebody. It's not about what can you do for me. It's just that, I just enjoy being with you. Yeah. I just, I just love being around yeah. you. So, it, it, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. It pays off, but not just pays off with transactions that they can bring you. That's, that's a byproduct. What, what it pays off with is the feeling. You, you, you the get feeling. Happy. Yeah. You, you, you just sit in this beautiful space, and I, I absolutely love it. I, I bang on about it all the time. Now you were in there for eighteen years and a hundred, almost a hundred countries. How often did you travel internationally? Like that's was there a lot of travel? I mean, of course you're a globetrotter. Was but yeah, yeah, there, there was a lot of travel. So the, the basic, basic, basically the schedule, the way it worked is that we typically would have training camp around September, October, and immediately after training camp, which I mean we have two or three teams sometimes that we would break off into. So immediately after training camp, usually there would be an international tour, whether it's to Europe, uh, South America, or Asia or even, you know, Australia. And that tour would be pretty short, maybe two or three weeks or a month. And you get to come home and kind of decompress for a little bit before leaving out either on Christmas Day or the day before Christmas. And that tour right there is the domestic tour here in the uh, in, in, in the United States. Mm-hmm. And that tour goes from December through typically around May. So wow. during that time, you don't come home. <laughs> you wow. don't come home. And uh, once that tour is over with, a lot of guys end up going to Europe, like 10 or 12 guys that break off the United States tour and select 10 or 12 guys to go over there and tour. So it's um every every year was different. You know, some years I would have uh, years where I would tour for five months out of the year and I'd have seven months off, which would be great. And then sometimes there would be years and I would, you know, 10 months in a row with with no really time off at home to enjoy friends and family. But it was, it was all worth it. That's no. There's absolutely no complaining at all about that because in and looking back and reflecting, I realized that all the places I was able to travel, almost a hundred countries, as you mentioned, I didn't have to pay for any of them. They paid me to do that. <laughs> so what I mean, what a blessing to be able to see the world. There's a lot of people yeah, who just, wish they could do that. Get someone else to pay to for their just, holidays. Yeah, yeah. Just to see the world and, and have a different perspective than the one that I had growing up in in small town Arkansas. And I think that that was really important because my reach now, the people that I'm trying to reach, you know, it's it's not about just right here. It's mm-hmm. about the whole world. And one of the things I like to share with people is that if we don't realize now more than ever after what happened in 2020 with COVID, we are connected. And it does matter what the people next to you do. It's yeah. important to treat people even better than you want to be tr- treated, uh, respectful. And, you know, all these things matter. Mm. Yep, I agree. Completely agree. And um, what about your name, Flight Time? Herb Flight Time Lang. Like, we know your name is Herb Lang, but where did, where's Flight Time come from? Well, Karen, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Ah, <laughs> no, thank it, you. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we started all talking about, about my height and how short I was back in when I first started playing sports back in seventh grade. 
And I was pretty, I was pretty small for a basketball player, even all the way up through my uh, junior year in high school. And then I had a growth, growth spurt. I grew from about five foot eight to the height that I am right now, which is uh, six, three. And also wow. during that time, my leaping ability went up. So I dunked the basketball for the first time, uh, the final game of my junior year in high school. And then we ended up going to a, a basketball camp for like a week uh, during the summer. And I just remember that's when I took off. I went from barely like being able to dunk the ball to during that week at training camp. I just not training camp, but the basketball camp that we would go to as a team. I just remember I was getting like two or three dunks every game. And it was just it was it was like, like an out of body experience. And uh, once I started and figured out how to dunk and figured out all the things I need to do to continue to improve my leaping ability. You know, the rest was history after that. And eventually going to the globe, not the globe trials to college and um, having a good college career, but winning the college slam dunk contest at the final four back in San Antonio, Texas in 1998 is one of the things that propelled me, you know, to the globe charters. But it was when I got to the globe charters and the, the staff there, they saw the, um, the leaping ability that I had. And they <laughs> felt like, they felt like every time I jumped, I should be getting freaking flower miles. So they started <laughs> calling me flight time. <laughs> now, now I could, I could, I could use some of those freaking flower miles now to get over there to, uh, to uh, Australia. That would be nice. <laughs> well, we can't ask you to kind of just leap and bound over because it's a bit of a bit of a journey. <laughs> oh, I, I love it. When you were, um, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, you had the basketball camps, like you had the camps where you would work with each other and then a team would break off. So there must have been quite a lot of you, you know, quite quite a few to select the best ones. When you were travelling, I always, because I, I train teamwork, you know, tr- team building and that sort of stuff, and I, I always think, what's the perfect yeah. team? And I've been thinking about this I just over the last week, you know, from talking to you and thinking they must have been one hell of a team because, you, you know, when you're talking about elite sports, you, you've got to be tight. You've got to be so tight. So h- how do you, what's the mateship like? I don't know if you use mateship in America, but we use it here. You know, you know, what do you, what's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Everyone's mates. You might have to explain that one to me a little bit. <laughs> what's mateship the- is like, you're my mate. I'm your mate. We've got each other's back. You know, we, 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 we've got each Like the brotherhood. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. yeah. That sort of thing. Yep. Oh, I'm glad you asked that because I'm I'm big on connection. And after I retired from the Globe Charles, well, during my career, I had a chance to do so many cool things, opportunities that some other Globe Charter players, most other Globe Charter players didn't even get. I had a chance to do a lot of uh, reality television shows over here in the United States, some game shows, The Price is Right, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Yeah. I appeared on Bachelorette, Hell's Kitchen, and a lot of people in Australia recognize me from the amazing race yeah um, i had a chance to do the amazing race on on cbs here in the united states three times i mean i lost three times but hey i had a chance to do it and <laughs> and one of the things that happened with that is that when you're put out on the forefront of national tv like that in the united states for 10 12 weeks in a row when you're competing uh you develop a a real tight bum especially with that person that you're running the race with yeah you know but at the same time you're also representing your other teammates. And for me, it was always important when I have an opportunity to be on TV to let people know that it's more than just me. There's a lot of other guys that are just as talented, just as kind, and just as capable capable as I am. And, and for me, even 
after my career, it's always been important to continue to have those connections. So, for example, even uh, before COVID, right before COVID happened, uh, myself, after my career ended in 2017, I ended up going to leadership just to get my leadership skills up. It was three months in San Diego working with groups of people who didn't really know who I was and, and just, you know, trying to develop uh, bonds outside the game of basketball. And one of the things I got from that leadership is the importance, again, of bringing people together. So I started a Facebook group uh, right before COVID, invited anybody who had ever been a part of the, the Globe Charters organization as a player, as a coach, a uh, front office person, you could have been an acrobat, you were invited to be a part of this group. And what happened was in the beginning of starting this group, Karen, we only had 60 people in the group. But once COVID kicked in, we ended up with over 250 people in the Facebook group. And we would meet up twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays, just to connect with each other during that time to make sure that everybody was doing good and figure out how we can uh, support each other. And, and that's, again, that's about the brotherhood. We say, once a trotter, always a trotter. And the things that I'm even doing right now are involving and, and with the hopes that I'll be able to give some of these guys an opportunity, as well as myself, some opportunities to spread uh, more goodwill uh, uh, during their life. Because a lot of them, once they retire, you never hear from them again. But you've got guys that have traveled to as many countries as I have, guys who have played 10, 15, 20 years that have a special message, you know, for mm -hmm. the world. We know we've seen the way seen the world in a different way from from a, than from a lot of other people. And, you know, that's what it's all about with us. Once a trotter, always a trotter. It's family and it's the oh, brotherhood. It's a connection. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. It, I, I, when why I reached out to you, you know, a couple of weeks ago is is you and I both belong to a group and and, uh, you know, I saw you put this message in our WhatsApp group and it's um just beautiful you know the way you write the way you express yourself it's kind of like it's a really raw vulnerability you know there's a, there's a you know that toxic male culture you know it's like blokes don't blokes don't say kindness you know blokes don't do rainbows blokes don't do love hearts you know that kind of <laughs> But you do all that, you know, and you do that, <clears throat> you do it every single day. I read your message every single day. You know, it's out there going, <laughs> you know, um, Herb loves you, you know, spread kindness, you know, that sort of stuff. And I absolutely love, I, I love your energy so much. What, what When I first, um, you know, saw your first message and it had, well, I don't know it was the first one, but it was the first one I saw. And you had in there. Yeah. Um, the the Washington Generals. Yeah, so this is this amazed me. I'm going to tell you because I used to watch the Harlem Globetrotters as a cartoon on TV when I was a young kid, and I'm 59. So this is 50 years ago. There was a there was a or something like that. There was a um. Yeah. How long have they been going? Well, the Globetrotters started in 1926, so oh, it's, okay. it's almost 100. It's almost 100 years now. Wow. Okay. So they were definitely going. So it could have been then. It was. I oh yeah, this, for sure. I remember this cartoon, and and it was just you know, it was just all these dudes in Harlem Globetrotting, and they were just sort of you know, I don't know, playing basketball. That's what I understood as a kid, and and I've I just thought they were just a basketball team, right? And then when I read your message, and it said uh, it was about sacrifice, and you were saying you know that 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 people. There are people in the world that sacrifice for the good of others, you know, because they just they want to bring goodness to others. And you talked about touring and you toured, you said you toured with um the with Washington, the Washington generals. generals. And yeah. every game 
they lost and it was purely a sacrifice so that the people in the audience would see the Harlem Globetrotters win. And I, I sat there for probably 20 minutes reading that message and looking at it going, oh, my God, I've only just realised that the Harlem Globetrotters were not a team in the NBA. Do you know, I've only just realised. And it, <laughs> all of this time I never realised it. Then I went, Globetrotters. Oh Jesus! Oh, now I get the whole picture, and I did not even—I did not even understand it until I saw your message in that group. So, tell us about, like, tell us about the Washington Generals and about t- touring with them, and tell us about how the Globetrotters work because it fascinated me. I couldn't stop thinking about it. It was amazing. So, yeah. So, um, when the Globetrotters started back in in the twenties, they were they were an all African American team, and back then in the United States. African-Americans weren't really allowed to integrate and play with, you know, people of other races. So Abe Saperstein uh, ended up coming across this group of guys and Abe was a great promoter and he ended up coming up with a, a you know a group of great guys, basketball players on the South side of Chicago. And they were the Savoy big five back then, but Abe wanted to make it bigger. He wanted people to think that the team was world renowned. And uh, he came up with the name Harlem because back then in the twenties, the Harlem Renaissance was huge. Yeah. So people would, you know, connect uh, African-American entertainment with that. And he threw the name Globetrotters out there to make people think that the team was from all over the world when actually the team originated, not even in Harlem, New York, they originated in Chicago, Illinois, and began to travel around different places around uh, the Illinois area, playing against whoever would play against them and, you know, eventually becoming who they were, you know, the Globetrotters doing tricks and things like that. And the vision that Abe, you know, Abe Saperstein had when you're speaking of the NBA was that eventually, yeah, he he wanted uh, to have an NBA team. He wanted the Globe Charters to be an NBA team. The Globe Charters were the team that, you know, kind of incorporated the the, the swag that you see in the game today. The behind the back passes, the alley oops, the way the game is played today has been directly impacted by the Globe Charters back then and even today. You know, with the four point shot for those who follow basketball, if you're watching some of the Things that are going on now with the WNBA, they're they're testing out new things because people want to see innovation. People want to see things that are a little bit different. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the cool things uh, about the Globe Charters. And for me, Karen, I'm going to share something with you. Um, over the course of the Globe Charters years, there really hasn't been any movies about the Globe Charters. There was one back in the in the 50s. If you go on YouTube and you type in the Harlem Globe Charters movie, it was an old black and white movie that comes up. Uh, myself, having played 18 years, I was just able to back in from from May to uh, June for about two months. I was able to film and act in a movie called Sweetwater. Yeah. And this 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 story, this movie is about the first African-American to sign a, a uh, an NBA contract. And within this movie. For me, it was really special because having played 18 years and then being able to go back uh in, into the into the history really and, and kind of focus in on the script and kind of really really get a feel for what their vision was back in the day it just really opened my eyes up that i've lived what these guys were visioning back then you yeah. know i've already experienced it and even thinking about that i'm like man there was a lot that they had in their vision that still hasn't happened yet so i feel still think that you know some of those things are really possible and the Washington Generals are definitely a, a big part of the Globe Charters history because, I mean, imagine the, the sacrifice that you make when you come out of colleges, a college or university as a 
pretty good basketball player, you know, maybe not NBA, but you're a pretty good basketball player and you signed up to play uh, in what pretty much a, a, the greatest basketball show on earth. You know, it's an opportunity to, for you to display your skills, but at the same time, you're also making sacrifice because history says that the Globetrotters are going to win every night. And people used to say, you know, if, if the Globetrotters lose now, if y'all beat the Globetrotters, it's going to be like, uh, Santa Claus not coming for Christmas, so we don't want we don't want that to happen. But you know those those guys they taught me a lot. They taught me that you know you can win without winning, and mm. that was something that I valued for a long time because I went from from high school, great basketball team. We had a lot of success in college. I played on a team. I think we had one winning season out of four. So I went from winning to losing, then joining the Globetrotters to always winning. And so, you know, to be able to realize that people were willing to make that sacrifice for the good of the game and, you know, just for an opportunity to be able to, to see the world and, and and be able to look into the audience and see the impact that you're having. You may not be winning on the basketball court but when you are on the back end of a, a skit or a play that we do, and you're able to look out into that crowd and see a young lady or a young man smiling with their grandparents or their parents. That's what it's all about. And that's one of the reasons why I've really developed really good friendship with those guys over the course of years. And those guys are still my friends as well. I mean, they're like a branch of the Globetrotters. They're, you know, once a general, always a general. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, so I never knew any of this. This is just, it absolutely spun me off my chair. I'm like, how did you miss all this, Karen? How did you how did you not even get this? But I, I reckon it's absolutely I reckon it's wonderful. And and I and I've been watching a few videos of you and it's just it's acrobatics. I mean, it's bloody good basketball. You know, like there's no there's no way an an acrobat can just fling a ball around their back and then just get a four-pointer. Yeah. Like you guys are good, bloody, you know, absolutely, absolutely exceptional. But there's so much acrobatics in it. You know, I've just never seen that sort of stuff, and it's just fantastic. You've got a ball next to you. Spin it spin it for me. I do got one. <laughs> oh, my God. So if you guys are listening, you've got to get to the YouTube clip and um, and you've got to watch him do this. But I, I've been watching ah, you. Ah, ah. <laughs> I don't know how you do that, but I tell you what, if you honestly, guys, go and watch the YouTube clip and just watch. It's just so easy. I can't even. Anyway, I'm not even going to try. But I, it, I, I it, it. It, it wasn't. It wasn't easy in the beginning. Trust me. Uh, when I first joined the team and I got to training camp, I remember seeing, you know, some of the legendary players that I had grew up watching. I mean, I was able to see within a week. I was able to see, see Sweet Lou Dunbar who played for years and then you talk about the, the cartoon he was the one that you know you pulling pulling stuff out of his hair yeah. you know whatever the team needed on the on scooby-doo for example you know they're on the, the uh mystery bus oh we need a wrench sweet lou pull it out of his hair Here you go i got it right there you know so to be able to see guys like that curly neil of course the legendary curly neil i mean and then just to see these guys getting the magic stroke and do the things that they did with the basketball i'm like I don't know if I'm going to be able to pick up on all of that. That's, you know, but when you fall in love with something and, and you're dedicated to it and you're, you know, a, a high, high achiever, you do whatever you have to do. You lock in and you learn. And I remember once I made that team, I ended up getting me a basketball, a red and white and blue one, took it home with me. And 
I burned, I really burned my fingertips off learning how to spin the basketball on my finger. And it took me a good month to just be able to spin it regularly. And it took me years to be able to do some of the up and unders and behind the back. And <laughs> yesterday I was speaking at a high school and uh, one of the one of the teachers asked me, how long did it take me to learn the, the tricks? How long did it take me to master the tricks? And I told him, I said, I never mastered. I'm still learning and I don't even play for the team anymore. But I still want to be able to go in front of a group of uh, or an audience every now and then and show them that, hey, this is what we do. Once a trotter, always a trotter. And everybody has that 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 globe trotter story and that memory. And that's something that's really special to be a part of an organization to where everybody is like, man, I remember when I remember when. Yeah. And that's why I'm super excited about the movie Sweetwater coming out. You know, Sweetwater is going to tell the story of the first African-American player to sign an NBA contract. And it's going to bring up a lot of conversation. And a lot of childhood memories that people uh, may have forgotten about the Globe Charters. And I, I'm, I'm really excited about it because I think it's going to be the reemergence of Globe Charters into uh, pop culture. Ah, oh, fantastic. And was he was he the first um, so the first African-American signed to NBA? And was that did that just open the floodgates for everyone else? Like, you know, Michael Jordan and those who came it, before it him. Did. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it did. It did. It opened the door for, for guys like him, uh, Dr. J, uh, Julius Irvin. You had guys like that. You had Bill Russell. Those guys were now able to play in the NBA, Lou Alcindor, because this happened back in the 50s, uh, yeah. back in the early 50s. The NBA really didn't, you know, take off, I'd say, until about the 70s when they merged with the uh, with the ABA. But yeah. it definitely, definitely opened up the doors, uh, being the first one to sign the contract and being, you know, one of the first ones to actually play in the game. And being a globetrotter for me, hey, I think it's pretty cool. And he's from my home state of Arkansas. So even cooler for me that the first, you know, guy that kind of looked like me and, and and talked like me and walked like me was from my home state. So filming that movie just gave me even more pride uh, to not only being a globetrotter, but also being from where I'm from in, in Arkansas. And I'm sure he's not not with us anymore, is he? He's, he's be well. Nope, well nope, he's not. Yeah, he's he's not with us anymore. But one of the cool things about filming the movie, uh, which we filmed in Hollywood back then, is that his a lot of his family was there. Not a lot of them, but like his daughter, his granddaughter, grandson, and just having them on set, people that knew him, and just it was it was it was goosebumps, you yeah. know, a goosebump type of, of situation. Just even with the guy Everett Osborne, who's who's playing Sweetwater. I recall one moment that we had speaking to his uh, his daughter and she said to him, she's like, you're awesome. She said, you you have his spirit, you know, and for wow. them to be able to look at the guy acting and say, yeah, you you are depicting exactly what my what my father, what my grandfather was. It's I, I can't wait. I can't wait for this movie to come out. I mean, I'm a person who who feels like I'm making a big difference in the world. I feel like I'm a person who's on a mission to change the world. And I know that this movie is going to put us even more in that direction to get back into people's uh, in, now into their phones, into their computers and let them know that, hey, we're all connected and we get to make this world a better place. It doesn't cost us anything, you know, to be nice to the person next to you. And just because you were taught a certain way, there comes a point in your life where you get to decide and know what's right and what's wrong. And you get to treat people like I like to say, uh, even better than you can expect to be treated. And that's kind of how I like to carry my life. And I I spread that to to young people, to businesses, whoever I'm speaking with, and just bring a lot of energy, a lot of passion. And that's one of my things. Like you said, the blokes are, are think they're too tough to cry and, and, and all that stuff. But for me, 
I have a hard time when I'm speaking sometimes when I start to touch on things that touch me. Sometimes I have to take a deep breath and a step back and pause because I'm lucky, you know, and a lot of the people that not a lot of them, but there's a few people who have made a, a big role in my life. They're not with us anymore. And I share with people that they're not here, but they're here because I'm speaking of them. They're on my on my uh, on my Google slide presentation that I'm giving you. So even though they're not here, their legacy is still living. And I know now uh, that what I'm doing is making a difference and I get to have a lot of the same when I'm gone. My legacy still be gone. I mean, our our video will still be here. Somebody will be looking at this 100 years from now <laughs> saying, look at Karen and her changing the world. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I hope someone's still paying for the website. One, <laughs> one, one, ha one, hey, one hammer and a dance move at a time. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, I love it. So when's it, what is that is that movie going to be like is it a Hollywood movie or is it a or is it a um Netflix movie or like where can we see that when it comes out? Well, it is a Clint Eastwood Warner Brothers production. So we filmed for about two and a half weeks on Warner Brothers Studios there in Burbank. We also filmed at Disney Ranch, uh, Walt Disney's Place, and many other locations uh, around Hollywood. And it's going to be a motion picture. It's coming out uh, in about 1,500, over 1,500 theaters in the United States and eventually worldwide. So it's a, it's a big deal, and I'm excited about it. And for me, like I was telling you earlier, there really hasn't been a globe charter movie since the 50s. Um, I was able to appear in Little Nicky back in 2000 with uh, with Adam Sandler, but that was just the brief moment that they had during the movie where he was at a uh, Globe Charter game. But this is the first real like motion picture that's that's really Globe Charter based, and for me to be a part of it and have an opportunity to represent uh, myself, my family, and my other teammates was more than a dream come true. And yep. it, Karen, it's funny being on set because as Globe Charters, we're on stage every single night. You know, we're, we are acting. We are literally putting on a performance each and every night. And there hasn't been a lot of opportunities for us in that space of acting, which is kind of disappointing considering the fact that we have traveled to so many different places. We do know how to act. We do know how to perform. We do know where the cameras are. And having that opportunity to actually act in this movie and have speaking lines and create speaking lines, it was important for me to make sure that I did the best job that I could so that these opportunities will come more frequently. Uh, not only for myself, but for uh, for my teammates as well, because the producers and the directors, there was two of us that were actually globetrotters out of the six players that they were depicting on the movie, myself and a guy, Kevin Special K. Daly. And I just remember uh, a couple of times in between the filmings and the breaks and a couple of the night scenes, the directors would come onto the bus and say, do you guys realize how good of a job you're doing? How well you have you are you have you really not ever acted before? Have you not been in? Uh, movies. I mean, we've done commercials and mm. you know other activities and appeared on morning shows and all of that good stuff. But like, yeah, I mean, this is what we do. We we've been act. I've been acting for 18 years, and of course, I'm going to be good at. We've gone through script reading. We've gone through rehearsals, and so I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, mm. to get this to get the word out there. I think that a lot of these NBA players and and basketball players and athletes are going to realize the impact that the Globetrotters did have on. Uh, the careers that they're having now and the impact that they've had on the world, you know, just being ambassadors and being able to go places. For example, I, I think about my my former coach, Tex Harrison, and he used to tell us the story of, I think there was a war going on in South America, like in Peru. Mm. Um, and they stopped the war for the Globe Charters to come in and perform <laughs> for a couple of days. And oh, when the Globe wow. Charters left, they started back fighting again. So, I mean, that's, that's powerful. Wow. 
<laughs> that is powerful, isn't it? But why did they start again? This is what I don't get. You know, like even with a normal war, they call a, a truce on Christmas Day. Nobody, nobody is allowed to shoot anybody on Christmas Day. And then they start again. I don't even get that stuff. Like why, why we even, even anyway, why we even have to have it. But you are also speaking of your, um, so you're acting in that, in that show. And, and I, I love that you want to do more acting and I hope that really comes your way, but you're also right. You're working with a, a Hollywood, a Hollywood company to uh, uh-huh. yeah. bring to fruition one of your, one of your many uh, TV show concept so tell us about that i hope that happens too (laughs) well yeah one of the things i'm working on is a documentary that i can't really speak too much on right now but i also uh, i mentioned to you earlier that i i um, was on the amazing race three times and during that those three appearances on amazing race uh, season 15 18 and 24 i was able to develop a pretty good friendship with the producer bertram van monster and once my globe trotter career ended and this is one of the things that again i share with 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 the youth, you know, when I was young, I had more than just a dream of being a basketball player. You know, I had a dream of of entertaining. Michael Jackson was my my you know my hero. I wanted to be able to dance like Michael Jackson. I had visions of being in uh, in movies. Um, and so for me, once my globe trotter career was over with, and hadn't happened an opportunity to do commercials and be behind the scenes of so many different television shows in so many different countries, I took it in. I didn't just sit there. I watched the way the audiences react. I watched the way the people behind the cameras uh, worked. And so when it was all over with, this was an opportunity for me now to pursue my second dream, my second vision, which was to be in Hollywood and to put stuff out into the world that's going to be positive and uplifting and is going to serve a purpose. And uh, the thing that I'm really, uh, one of the things I'm working on besides the documentary is a sports game show. Uh, I have a sports game show concept that I have been slowly incorporating into my my visits to the schools, getting B-roll and and things like that. But again, the the thing that I'm working on as far as the sports show is something that's bringing people together. It's partnering young people up with with old people and just having fun without giving away the entire general concept of it. But I just encourage people, man, keep dreaming. Anything is possible. And if if somebody says you can't do it, you show them. Uh, I'm, I'm a perfect example of it. Just so many things have happened to me through, you know, through kindness. The TED talk that I was uh, just able to do happened through kindness. I didn't didn't know the guy. It was a young lady that I met on LinkedIn who was also doing the TED talk. And she knew the facilitator. And she felt like just within a 30 minute conversation of, of us uh, talking, she felt like I'm going to introduce you to the facilitator of the TEDx talk. And yeah. I ended up meeting him, which eventually led to us being a part of a group and us having this conversation right now. And again, it's kindness is free. You know, I didn't pay that person to introduce me to the facilitator of the TEDx talk. And yeah. that's just the way it works. And when you, she did that, not expecting anything in return. And she's gotten a lot in return. We've gotten a, a great friendship. Uh, we have visions of working together here down the road as far as going in and, and speaking to young people and uh, working with former professional athletes. So it, it, it pays off. Kindness pays. And Again, not not expecting anything in return, not what's in it for me, other than the fact that it's going to make your heart feel good and you're going to be a part of something that's that's changing the world. Yep, yep. And, and you got to look at the world for future generations as well. Do you know, like, you know, what do we want to leave? I, I always reckon if we're on this planet, 
we've got to leave something better than when we came here. We've got to we've got to leave it in a better state. Like at least our footprint needs to be in a better state than than when we came. You know, and some I've got this a big philosophy that is um you know that I want to plant the trees of the shade I'll never sit under. Do you, you know and and plant as many as I can. Do you know and. I don't, I don't care about the bloody shade. I care about someone else enjoying it, and that's that's how we should live. I, well, I mean, I know I shouldn't I shouldn't tell everyone else how they should live, <laughs> but you know, you're, you're giving great advice, so keep preaching. <laughs> I I do preach. I'm a bit of a <laughs> bit of a naggy preacher. But it's, I just don't understand. I just think if we can make a difference, why wouldn't we? That that just you know like. Because it's better for us, it's better for the people around us, it's better for the energy of the planet, it's better for future generations. I just don't, there's there's, there's no good comes of being a mean mongrel prick. You know, everything good comes from being kind and being, I don't know, just giving love and, and talking about it. Yeah. So for me, I mean, the impact that I, that I, I know that I'm making and that I, I get to make after my globe trotter career was over with, I'm not gonna lie. I was, I was, I went into a little bit of a depression. I was down and out. Um, mm-hmm. After 18 years, I had been committed to this one organization for so long, and it was so much fun. It was such a joy. Um, when it ended, it it ended abruptly. Uh, but at the same time, one of the things I was able to do was connect with my former teammates, connect with former college teammates, connect with people that I went to high school with, and kind of talk about you know, my career and what I was going through. And, you know, in 2017, I was able to do that. I was able to go back to my hometown and go to different events and hear some of the thoughts that people had of me and to hear people that were my age or a couple years younger after my Globe Charter career was over say to me, hey, man, I remember when, you know, when you were in high school and then when you went to college, you showed me, you know, that it was possible. You know, you showed me back then. So, it made me realize that even as a teenager, I was impacting people, you know? And so once my globe charter career was over with all the speaking that I had done, all the appearances I had done, the commercials, it just made sense to me that this is what I get to do. You know, I'm good at this. I've been good at this since I was uh, a young boy and I get to continue to inspire people and to have, you know, young men and young women, even now, um, after my my appearances on uh, school appearances or even after the games to go online and uh, email you or later on down the road, man, I remember when I went to see you when I was five years old and you were my favorite player. And it's that, that's what it's all about. It's it's that legacy. It's that impact uh, that we have for people. And like you said, if we leave this thing just even just a little bit, a little bit better than it was when we got here, that's what it's all about. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I know that's that's what you're doing as well. Yeah. It really matters, doesn't it? And it reminds me when you're talking too, it's about um, I don't know who listens to this podcast too, you know, and then I get a message out of the blue. Every week I get a couple of messages, you know, just, hey, I was listening to this and, and I, I'm like, oh, I didn't know you were listening to it, you know. But people from all around the world and it's fantastic. And it, even when you're not feeling at your best because you were talking about, you know, when you when you finish with the Globetrotters, you're feeling down and out and all that kind of stuff, oh, the key is just keep showing up. Just keep showing up because somebody, 
Yeah, somebody is watching you. Do you, you know? And 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 even if you're showing up down and out, you know, you're showing up vulnerable. You're showing up raw. You know, you're showing up hurt. It doesn't matter. Keep showing up because if you're truly yourself and truly standing in your authenticity, somebody needs to see that. You know, you you impact somebody's life. So just keep showing up. Just keep showing up. Do you, you know? It's um, it's massively important. I think some. Sometimes we want to hide away, but I don't. I don't think that's a good thing. You know, somebody's missing out on 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 you, on your energy, just just on you. You know. You, you know. You know, Karen. You mentioned about the you know the messages that I send in the WhatsApp group. These messages come from me through meditation, and yeah. I don't get them every day. I don't get them every day. So I I try to I, I pray to God in the universe that I can get five to seven days of good messages that I can put out you know, to people and the feedback that I get for me, it makes it worth it. And selfishly at this time is when I get to be selfish because when I'm sending a hundred text messages and I'm getting a response that, oh, thank you. I needed that today. Oh, thank you for that. Oh, I had this situation happen yesterday and this is just in line with what you just spoke. And it's like, wow, I impacted somebody and my day hasn't even started yet. It's not even eight or nine o'clock yet. And I've already got 10 positive messages from people who needed what I was able to give to them. And I got it you know, from yep. God in the universe. So it's only right that I give it back. Yeah. And your messages are actually like a, a pause. You see, you, 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 you're kind of scrolling, you do your stuff and then it's just bam, and you just stop and you just read it. And, and uh, this is how it is for me, reading your messages. It's kind of like, not, it's kind of like meditation, actually. It's kind of like everything stops <laughs> and you, you're sitting in this beautiful present moment just reading your beautiful words do you know and it's just it's enough to make you stop and breathe and and if, even if that's all you're doing which you're not you're doing way more than that but even if that was it like you're just putting that pause in everybody's day do you know just to stop stop just stop and, and think breathe and take that love in yeah and it's um we, we often don't do that so you know it took me it took me Again, I, I toured with the Globetrotters for 18 years, and there's things that I had to learn post-Globetrotting. Like, I had to develop a new routine, a new mm. new consistency to get me to the level that I, you know, that I wanted to get. And one of the things that I did after I left the Globetrotters was write a book. Yep. You know, I wrote a book, and the book Projects, Popes, and Presidents, it was able to allow me to unleash some of the things I had been going through. It was therapy, you know, for me, so to speak. And I never really saw myself as a philosopher or anything like that but people like the messages that I send and when I miss a couple of days I don't send anything even my dad like oh is everything okay my mom she's like hey I didn't get the message today and my high school basketball coach the one who yeah had the biggest impact on my life I mean he's almost 80 years old and we still text to this day he gets the gets the messages as well and I had a conversation with his son who was again was my best friend and he was just telling me he said man my dad, he sure does appreciate those messages every day. He said that he gets up, you know, he does his you know, morning routine. He said he sits down at the table and he just really started using phone, like the, the new technology, the iPhones and the Android. He just started using them probably about five or six years ago. But my friend said that he really appreciated the fact that me and his dad were still connected. He said that his dad gets up every morning and he knows, he said he knows that he's about to get that message at some point of the day. And that right there lets me know that it's a good thing. And my coach knows that what he did for me as a as a young kid growing up, 
is impacting the world. He's almost 80 years old, but he can see that his protege or his prodigy is, is carrying on his legacy even now. So, I mean, I hope that gives him great satisfaction as long as uh, as long as he's alive, as well as the other uh, people that have impacted my life. Yeah. You must be carrying so much pride in that heart. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's why I wear this kindness. I wear it on my heart right here. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking, I, I want to come it, back it, to your book. Speaking of those T-shirts, I was watching you on um, Instagram printing printing the um, kindness patch, yeah, the, the logo. I'm with this home home um, T-shirt press that you've got. Um, God, that was yeah. good. That I just love that. Hey, I, I love do it, it all, Karen. I, I, I trademarked my brand Swag Ball in 2020. I co-authored a book during that time. but. I figured the best way for me to, you know, get some product out there is to print it up myself sometimes. So when I'm going to different speaking events, I can take a few T-shirts. I can take a couple of uh, books with me. And it, it feels good to be able to do more than one thing. I like to be able to get my hands on into a little bit of everything because eventually it's going to become a big thing. And I'm not going to be as hands on. But at the same time, I know what it takes to get these things done because I've done them. So it's going to be really hard to give me a bunch of excuses when I've actually done a lot of these things like write a book i make my own shirts i branded myself i go out and I, I speak i'm creative like it's it's hard for me to accept excuses when i know it's possible if we yeah. put our mind to it yeah absolutely and it's a good message to say to people when you want to start something is you're just gonna have to get your hands dirty when you start you have to get your hands dirty. and and i actually think it's good to do all of those little things in a business because then you know exactly exactly how it goes you can't just throw money at someone say oh can can you fix this for me do you know if, if you're doing it yourself you're like i now i really appreciate it now i really appreciate what goes yes. into it. and it's um plus you got your hands on something i, I absolutely love that now your book and, um, I, and I have fun i'm dancing when i'm making my yeah, I know. I, I'm sure you <laughs> I know with your dog i know it's absolutely <laughs> Hey, wait till you see my next one. I, I have another one that I haven't posted yet. It was like from last year. It's my uh, seven-year-old nephew and I. We're making church together. I'm like, it's so easy. A seven-year-old could do it. And, <laughs> and when, when, I, when I'm putting out these, you know, the videos or examples that, yeah, you can do this yourself. You, you can actually do this if you put your mind to it. What I realized is that people, you can lay it out for them and write their X, Y, and Z, A, B, C, and they still won't do it. So it doesn't. It, it's sad, but it doesn't really matter. It's not like you're putting something out there that people are going to steal, so to speak, because people not taking the extra steps. I wish that people would, but I have no, you know, no thoughts, you no know, bad thoughts about putting things out there or somebody may steal an idea. Please, if you're still an idea to spread kindness, please take it from me because I took it from somebody <laughs> myself. That's what I reckon too. <laughs> I, I've got my I've got my kindness project, you know, which is for which is for primary school kids. I'm the same. Steal the bloody thing and just get moving with it. Let's just keep teach these kids yeah. kindness. But I love it. And your book. Um, Projects, popes, and presidents. I, 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 I'm, I'm annoyed with myself because I. Well, you've got it. <laughs> I, I left mine out in the lounge room. I wanted to. I wanted to hold it up. <laughs> that book. I got uh, it. I got it. 
That book is fantastic. And and if you you're looking for a really good story, that's a great book. And and you do go into a lot more depth in that about your childhood than you than you just uh, talked about. And it, and it it wasn't quite as pretty as you just said at the start of this interview. But um, I think it's really good for people to know, uh, to read and and see that like people don't just. Don't just become Harlem Globetrotters. People just don't become, you know, international superstars. People don't become all this sort of stuff overnight because they're born with a silver spoon in their mouth. You know, a lot of the time there's been a real, a real intense struggle. You know, to to um, like I said before, you could have gone down a to you know woe to, to, to reach the high level. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's so that book. You know, I reckon that is a fantastic book, and I'm I'm only I'm only a part of the way through it. Thank I have you. to. I wanted to get it finished before I spoke to you. I was like, oh, I didn't quite get there, but it's um, it it's a it's a fantastic book. So you want to be so proud. Thank of you, yourself. thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, it's, it's I appreciate. Funny. It. I feel like there's more. There, I, I feel like there's more on the way. I mean, I was even able to uh, co-author. Uh, in, a, in another book called Jim Bridge Cracking the Rich Code. So in here you have Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank. Uh, you have a forward there from Tony Robbins. And this is a this is volume four. There's actually a um, author from Australia. Each one of us wrote one chapter in this book. Yeah. And my chapter, my chapter is called The Kindness Bridge to Wealth. And it has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with money. And so, again, I'm I'm as LeBron James says, I am more than an athlete. I am capable of doing anything. And I feel like anybody else is just capable. So I'm no different from you. I'm no better than you. If I did it, you can do it. And we can do it yeah. together. Yeah, uh, 100%. You and I need to work on a kindness project together, I reckon. That's what we have to do. Uh, yeah. Let's <laughs> <Bring> do it. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I have absolutely. Build, let's build some kindness. Build yeah. up kindness. Do you want to? Let's do it. All right. We're locking it in. <laughs> Smack it down. Let's go. <laughs> uh, absolutely. You got it. me. You got me hyped this morning. Now I'm, I'm going to have a good walk this morning. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love you. You're just bloody amazing. Uh, well, I'm going to let you go because I've already taken an hour of your time. You've got to do your morning routine. Actually, you've just flown back in from Austin. So you've got to go back to bed. That's what <laughs> six o'clock over there. But uh, look, Herb, I have loved this conversation so much. I just, you know, you just, I don't know, you just speak to my soul. You're just the most beautiful human. You're just absolutely beautiful. Oh, wait, I've got to ask you about uh, my get off the bench question. So um, Get off the bench. Don't don't miss it, Coach. Come on, <laughs> let me in. I'm ready to play. Put me in, Coach. I'm ready to play. Get me off the bench. <laughs> I know that you can. Yeah, I know it's a different bench. Well, it's kind of like, yeah, it's the same thing. But, you know, when you go out to schools and you, you, you're you basically saying, come on, kids, get off the bench. Do you, you know, let's let's go. Let's let's do this thing. What, what's the biggest message that you're trying to trying to get through to them other than kindness like what are you what are you trying to what are you trying to inspire in them when you when you give them messages i try i try to encourage them to to connect you know yep. be connect be connected and be thoughtful and again like i said the examples that i um i give like i was able to give with my google slide i was able to show them photos yep. of, of of teachers that didn't necessarily look like me you know two teachers who believed in me that were, you know, white ladies, so to speak. And then my high school basketball coach, these ladies are still in my life today, you know, so it's about connection. You know, at some point in your life, 
none of us, nobody got to a high level by themselves. So it's important that you that you connect while you're young, you know, get that get that instilled in you right now. And also, I, I encourage young people to think for themselves. You know, there comes a point where your parents and your friends and your family, they're giving they're doing the best that they can. But nobody's perfect. So at some point, you got to say, hey, I want to take a little bit of uh, what my uncle got right. there. I really like it that he's like that. I Oh, my dad, he has this this capability, this superpower. I want I'm going to work on that superpower. And you create the superhuman that you get to be. And so that's what I instill. Connection, connection, connection. It was so awesome to be in Austin a couple of days ago speaking at this high school because the person that's the principal at the high school that bought me there was my best friend. One of my best friends growing up in high school and in school. We went to kindergarten together. We went to the zoo together. We played high school football together. Yeah. We lived right next door to each other yeah. growing up. And now he's the principal at one of the biggest high schools in, in Texas. And then my other friend who was there is also a teacher in Austin. And he's the one who introduced me to the idea of being a globe charter. So to be able to have both of those guys there and show those 500 freshmen that this guy right here is the reason why I got with the globe charters. Okay. And this guy right here is the reason why I am at your school. And this guy is your principal. We just had a conversation last night for hours about how much he cares about the young people and how he's, you know, so lucky to be able to do what he does. And that's what it's all about. This is not this is not him telling you guys. This is him telling me one on one what his passion is and how blessed he is to be able to be here in front of you guys. And so for me, that that's what it's all about. It's again, it gives me goosebumps even, you know, talking about these things because I just get excited, uh, especially with the school year coming up and having the chance to really touch a, a bunch of young people. Yeah. Well, I love you. I just think what a what a message. Go, on, you're gonna spin your basketball again, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> we gonna spin it out. We gonna spin I, it out for those people who uh, want to find flight time. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at da trotter. For I'm also very busy on LinkedIn as the motivational speaker. You are right here with Karen from Down Under. Let's go, baby. Let's change the world. Kindness is free. <laughs> I absolutely love you. And he's also got a website, by the way, um, herblang.com. But uh, I have absolutely love this. Thank you so <laughs> thank you so much for being a show-off. <laughs> what does that say? Kindness is free. Uh, pop socket for your phone. We don't stop. We don't stop, Karen. We're spreading the word. We're changing the world around here. Australia, everywhere. New Zealand, everywhere. UK, South Africa, South America. We're changing the world, Karen. I know. And I can't wait till you come down under again. I tell you, I can't wait. But that's going to be bloody. You can teach me how to spin that basketball, all right? <laughs> and you can teach me how to build and dance. I can do that for you. Absolutely. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Well, thank you so, so, so much for joining us. I've absolutely loved this conversation. You're just, you're just beautiful. You got beautiful heart, beautiful energy. And I, I am so, so lucky to have you as a friend, but I just love what you're giving to the world. Love what you're giving to the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to use your platform. And thank you for doing what you do for, you know, for the, the young ladies. Uh, down there in the southern parts of Australia, and I'm sure you're impacting even beyond yeah. uh, just there. So kudos to you, and I enjoy your energy. I enjoy your heart, and I didn't say this, but I didn't tell you this, but I actually did tell you this, but if you survey probably 100 globe charters that have been to Australia, probably 95 of them would say that that's the favorite country that they ever went to perform in. So kudos to the people down under. We love you. Yeah, we're pretty cool. We are. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love you too. All right. Well, you have a, have a fantastic day and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks. See ya. Oh, guys, I love that. I hope you loved it as well. He's just such a, a beautiful, beautiful man. And like I said in there, you know, we, we've got to get over this male culture that I don't talk about kindness, I don't talk about love, and that's soft. And no way. You know, the more men talk about kindness and about love and about sharing connection and sharing goodwill out into the world, the, the, the better the world's going to be. You've got to get his book, Projects, Popes and Presidents, and honestly, the story in that when he really talks about his childhood and talks about you know the all of the things that he's done it's it's a really really good read so I really encourage you to get that but also follow him and his is I don't know what that thing's called but it's at uh da trotter d-a-t-r-o-t-t-e-r da trotter four and also his website is herblang.com and is also on LinkedIn and Insta and um, Facebook. And so start following him, show him some love. And I really, really, really hope that you, one, love the episode, but two, I really hope that's it, that his message, you know, kindness is free, it really inspires you just to be kind to as many people as possible and connect with as many people as possible and just put so much love out into this world because the alternative is crap and we've I just think you you hear you hear and while you're here love hard really love hard and I, that's the message that herb is getting across to everybody so I really hope you love that um I hope you enjoyed hearing about the globe trotter you know the the backstory of the globe trotters and I love you joining me every week. Please go follow Herb and I will see you next week. See ya. Thanks for joining me. As always, I hope this episode inspired you. If you know somebody who's taken courageous action to create something that's making a difference for other people, let me know about it. Go to my website, karenvaughan.com. Tinker around there, have a bit of a look and send me a message. I can't wait to hear from you. And remember, you're worth it. Your unique talents and gifts need to be out in this world. And I'm so passionate about inspiring you to achieve that. So you've listened to this episode. Just say yes, make the decision and put one foot in front of the other. See you next week.